You're tuning in to the Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal podcast. If you have a story or a guest recommendation that you think others need to hear, email me at wildweirdandsometimesnormal at gmail.com. Let's get this started. Alex and Brett, kick it! Wild. And sometimes normal. On this episode, I'm joined by artist Amin Amat. Amin has created a graphic novel called The Road Two, Volume One, and is raising funds through Kickstarter. He takes a new spin on a classic tale. The Wizard of Oz. In a means adaption of the Oz world, Dorothy is back in Kansas, the wizard has moved on, the scarecrow is the mayor, and the winged monkeys have made their way to Kansas and are out for revenge. Amin is an amazing illustrator, as you can see on the Kickstarter page. In addition to discussing his project, we cover his fond memories of snow in New York City and spending the day in comic shops. It's easy to do that when you currently reside in Puerto Rico. The dedication of time and space to appropriately fulfill creativity. How after a certain point, the characters you create take on a life of their own and almost dictate the story to you. And because I need to get weird during a show, I get Amin's thoughts on created characters actually taking on a life of their own. That conversation leads down the yellow brick road of string theory. Amin was a great guest and he has a cool project. If you're interested in helping the Kickstarter, check the show notes for a link. Give Amin a follow and let him know you heard him on Wild and Weird. Enjoy the show. Are you looking to buy a home in New Jersey? Escape the city and move to the suburbs? Finally purchase that vacation home on the lake or down the shore? Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who are retiring and moving out of state. If so, let me help you. Keller Williams and the Real Estate Professional Group have what you need to make your goals come true. Reach out and have a conversation with someone who will put you first. Contact Brian McCoach at 856-321-1212 or email McCoach at kw.com. Are you looking for CBD for your pet? My friends at Pure Pet Wellness have what you need. They use the highest quality ingredients. While other companies may use synthetic oils in their CBD, Pure Pet Wellness uses organic ingredients. Organically grown hemp, organic coconut oil, organic shea butter, organic beeswax, and that's just to name a few. A family-owned and operated company that also offers fast shipping. Go to purepetwellness.com for all your pet's CBD needs and use the discount code WILD and WEIRD at checkout. That's WILD, A-N-D, WEIRD. Treat your animal right. Go to purepetwellness.com. Welcome to another episode of WILD, WEIRD, and Sometimes Normal. I'm your host, Brian, and today my guest is Amin Amat, and he has a Kickstarter going on for a Wizard of Oz spinoff. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? I want to apologize to you and to everybody. I am battling. Last week, I battled death. I survived. But I think we're on like round two. This is like Rocky two. I'm fighting Apollo again. We'll see what happens. But uh, tons, tons of cough drops, tons of coffee. Hopefully, you can get through this. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. And Rocky wins at the end of Rocky two. So like I should come out victorious again. <laughs> or because I beat death last week, maybe I'm Apollo. I don't know what's happening. I just hope I don't have to fight the Russian. <laughs> How are you doing today, sir? So far, so good. So far, so good, man. Awesome. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your project? Yeah. So I, I came up with a graphic, an idea for a graphic novel and I drew it all 
and then I did the Kickstarter. So basically what it is, this it's the untold story of how Saving Oz failed. Um, basically, it in, I was inspired after reading Wicked, and I kind of figured, oh, that's a, that's interesting. You know, I'm familiar with, with, obviously, the world of Oz. And that take on on that world was really intriguing and unique and 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 different but it's still honored and respected the original source and i was like hmm you know i i I just started to just simmer in my head like okay i'd like to do something similar but how how am i going to do it you know what what am i going to do that's not going to look like some lame ripoff or just kind of anything like that and that was the hardest part really and that idea simmered in my head for almost almost a decade in terms of just thinking of what am I going to do? How is it going to work? You know, I, I, I decided oh, I'm just going to push myself and do it. And I think like 2000, I think 2008 or so, I just started doing some drawings and doing little promotions like, you know, here locally in Puerto Rico. But then I, 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 I just didn't have a story. And I was like, this is, I can't, you know, I, I'm, I'm putting myself in a position where it's going to be utter crap, <laughs> but there's no story. So I said, I nixed it. And I just went the Pixar route of like, story first above everything and until i have something that i'm not going to actually do it but then again you know 10 years passed i got inspired also by the by the crew at kill shakespeare you know i, I met them many years ago and i knew saw what they were doing and there was that sort of like respect and love of shakespeare and they kind of utilized that for their for their own kind of spin on it and i think that between that and of course like influences uh, left and right between you know i want to say you know dirk manning and his writing book and some other some other books that i that i was reading that kind of helped me flesh out all the all the all your classical details you know in terms of kind of like the myth that i'm starting to create and the conflict and 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 everything else and i think once i kind of had all that together then it just started to really build up on itself and as cliche as it sounds it is true once you get to a certain point the characters just start writing themselves and you're just trying to catch up on what they're going to do the difference is, you know, I'm not a writer per se, you know, I know many writers. And so that was, a, that was another struggle. And how am I going to, how am I going to create this? You know, I, I'm having, I'm having all these things coming together and I went real old school and I went, you know, Kirby Stan Lee approach of just like doing a plot, knowing exactly where everything was going and then to start drawing away and just really, really kind of putting a lot of energy into it and then working on the, on the writing once it's all done. And um, that took me about, close to three years to kind of do all those pages and re redrawing pages, redoing pages and re-editing stuff. So now where where I have I have the first volume done. I already have the ideas for a second volume and even a third and a fourth. Now that things are kind of it's simmering even more ideas. But basically I wanted to find a way of coming back to that world with a very unique twist. But it's something's different. There are certain things that are a little different, certain things that make sense, but then the struggles and kind of like what's happened to the main characters since the Wizard of Oz are will be explained, as well as kind of like how this whole thing of Kansas and whatnot also is being is going to be explained, as well as a couple a couple little unique twists that I already have in there that can branch off into other stuff, but if not, they're kind of self-contained and they kind of add a nice little spice spice of the story so at least those those who have been lucky enough to kind of see the full volume in its pencil work have been really impressed and they've been able to catch this story without any of the dialogues which is kind of like thumbs up that i've been able to pull that off and now now comes the hard part of just you know 
getting the campaign up to a point where we can get this push to make it a reality. Um, but regardless, you know, if it doesn't get funded, I will take some time to then kind of do it on, on my own on, on the side. But I definitely, you know, want people to kind of participate, back it up, and be part of this really unique experience. And then, of course, you know, there's all the, all the, all the other goodies that come with, with the campaign as a backer. So not a writer, you, you have a writing background. What made you want to dive into graphic novels? So I've been, I've been, on, I've been, I've been a comic artist for like about 20 years, give or take, you know, on and off, you know, did work at Moonstone Books. That's, that was kind of like my big break. Um, you know, doing Coltrack, the Night Stalker and Buckaroo Banzai Origins, you know, two books that I enjoyed immensely. And I got to work obviously with the creators of Buckaroo Banzai, which is really, really fun, especially if you're a fan or, or you know about that property. So being able to get some little insights about the movie, stuff that they couldn't do for budget restraints and then stuff that we obviously we can do as, as a comic book with culture. That was an opportunity to, to draw off the Richard Matheson script, which I'm a, I'm a fan of. And I was like, I'm jumping on that immediately. And I forward heart and soul that led me to kind of slowly start doing work with IDW and Tom Waltz over there on small little projects. And then I guess the one part of that I'm kind of known for was as the, as the anchor for the, the word Geronimo, which was about the bin Laden raid. From there, that jumped into doing a chapter for Iron, the Iron Sky movie adaptation. And then I started doing a book, working on the inks for a book called Bayou at Tapestry Comics with Tyler Button. And then sporadically, you know, little works here and there. But I think, you know, and Zenoscope, I also did some work there too. And I think it just gets to a point where, you know, I wanted something that's my own. I want to be able to kind of have something that I can say, that's me. It's not dependent on, on, on any other company or any other thing but it, it was the struggle of okay i know i want to do this but how you know what you know and, and and being kind of like a very critical reader myself like i want to be able to read this and not cringe at it <laughs> you know just kind of like okay i'm proud of this now five ten fifteen years down the line i can look back and i can say this is this is my dark night returns but not as dark and so that became kind of like the motivation and, and, and the catalyst on on wanting to do it, you know, on top of the whole, you know, being an independent creator, it really was just kind of like creating, you know, my version of the American graphic novel and being able to be happy with it and just really taking that leap of faith in myself. You know, and I know a lot of people, not just this industry, but other industries, they're kind of like, you know, if you've hit a certain age, you're done. You're, you're not worth anything. But, you know, we all know, you know, Kirby was in his fifties when when he really kind of got into his stride. You know, Frank Sinatra didn't get famous until he was in his fifties, and a lot of people. You know, I'm a big film buff, and so a lot of great cinematographers really didn't hit their stride until they were, you know, in the past past their forties. So I really utilized that as kind of like inspiration of like it's never too late. It's just a matter of constantly challenge myself and pushing myself and always practicing regardless and getting to a point where the work doesn't look or feel dated because I'm constantly pushing myself to, to do something unique with it and not, not be repetitive. And I think that that's kind of helped me in, in the long run. Did you say there was a comic or a graphic novel on the Bin Laden raid? Geronimo, is that what you said? Yeah, it was called a co-word Geronimo. I believe, I believe that came out in 2012, I think, um, around there at that time. Um, yeah, that was, that was a big deal. Um, at that, at that moment, I think we were celebrating, it was close to the, I think the anniversary of that. Yeah. And that, that book when 
in and within and out of like the military network that became a really big hit you know because you don't have a lot of those type of stories out there and so we worked with dale die who's actually a military advisor for for many films you know, like platoon saving private ryan so he was part of that project too kind of helping us and we wanted to tell the story but without going super gung-ho on it it was just like the normal story of how things kind of occurred here and there and kind of be respectful on about about that you know and kind of getting some information we didn't get everything but we got really close after after the fact when we found out you know, i think there was a cia analyst who kind of got a copy of the book and it's kind of like can either confirm nor, nor deny that you guys did a good job <laughs> that's awesome that's so cool i, I had yeah, no idea it, that it, it was a really unique unique project and that kind of got got the name out there because it, it, it went everywhere like really fast but you know that's that's most things they're only good as the last project you did so i've always been kind of pushing pushing for new stuff and i'm hoping that this this project will will be kind of like the next step up from from all that yeah it sounds like you have a great idea i i like the direction you're going i like that one you don't want to give up you're like this is ridiculous if people try to put you like in a cage or a ceiling of saying like hey this is past your time you know uh we've just covered all the, the people like rodney dangerfield comedic genius he was selling a siding in his 40s until he's like till he got his hit like can you imagine a world without him in it like that's crazy exactly, exactly. yeah it's there there's been this thing you know and we're we're also part of it too at one point you know where youth culture is great it's awesome it's it's invigorating but it is it does get kind of chewed and spewed out once you hit a certain age i think i think a lot of people especially like mtv generation were noticing that once they hit 21 it's like no you're out of here <laughs> you know and, and for those of us that kind of came in around that time or afterwards it's it, it, it can keep repetitive you know 21 30 40 you know 50 and then and after that it's just kind of like you just you know go off into the pasture by yourself but that's not the case you know there's there's a lot of life experience and one thing that this journey has taught me and what helped me a lot with with building this world of the, the world of the road too was having more life experience and kind of bringing that and putting it in, into the work to kind of fill in the gaps of certain things and then that just helped catapult and have the characters kind of go off on their own you know simple stuff that i think i think uh I think Lucas was dealing with that when he was during Star Wars and then working with Joseph Campbell on on that was creating that sort of stuff from life experiences and then that that helps move the characters along. And so yeah, I I, I dug read all that, you know, super, super nerd in, in that aspect. But it's helped, you know, and, and it's been paying off. And this project now is going on its own little autopilot in terms of where the world is this this kind of blow. It's almost like I created like a big bang and now the world is just starting to expand up itself and I'm just now I want to, I want people to kind of come in and take a look at it and, and, and be part of it. I don't want to be an old man yelling at the clouds, but it it does seem that the youth now, and maybe because you're just creating like content, you know, which I think it's like a terrible word, but like it's not going to be viewed again in a year, in five years or ten years. Like, oh hey, pull up that YouTube video of Logan Paul doing whatever, and yeah. it, it really it it seems. Like, what are they going to look back on in, in 10, 15, 20 years? Like, I, I still listen to some some of the same music that I listened to in high school and college, and you know. Does it still mean the same, whatever it is? No, but it kind of takes me back to a place. And then you put on classic rock and like, that was like stuff that like our parents grew up with and that still holds something you put on Sinatra and like, that still means something. And just seeing the type of music that's out now, now like Taylor Swift, I'm sure she'll be timeless forever. You know, mm -hmm. people like that, but like some of the, you can look at like the top billboard 100 and you're like, I have no idea what any of this stuff is. Listen to some of it. And it's like, how does this connect to the, to the current culture, except for just like five minutes from now, it's going to be something new. 
Yeah. 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 It's, um, I think the one thing, yeah, you know, having, having a day job at working within a marketing marketing team and startups, which is, which in itself is a whole space time continuum warp. So, you know, <laughs> one month at a startup is about a year anywhere else. And so I was able to really kind of take that opportunity to really analyze that sort of aspect of culture, you know, of how, how it's really brief, really fast, fat and, and digestible in a moment and then move on to the next thing. The common thread I did find was just keeping something really classic with themes that are are present no matter when or, or what. So with the road two, I didn't I dove a bit into obviously loneliness, you know, uh, friendship, m- missing friendship, um, which is something that's going to be around forever, and also you know the sense of sacrifice uh, as well as that I, I dive in there. And that's just on one aspect. On the other aspect, you know, I am diving into themes of resentment and kind of wanting to have credit to be in a certain spot in your life. And that is also touched upon um, in its own its own little way. You know, and that's just in, in this volume, like I already have for the other volumes, you know, other themes. But that became kind of kind of something as as I was building the story, you know, kind of thinking about what are the things that are going to be in there that's that's universal you know that's why we still have love songs today that talk about breaking up <laughs> you know it's there's always there's always a song for, for every generation but it's the same thing and so i just dove like i said i just dove into my my own life experiences and kind of thought about stuff that i had gone through my friends had gone through and family and kind of utilized that to, to put it in there to give that extra i guess layer onto the characters and that has helped flush out a lot of the situation and the storyline that I have that I have so far. So yeah, but it's it's it, it's a challenge because you really don't know. But I think that by keep it that way, at least in the long run, it it will still be relevant rather than just be something that's, you know, one hit wonder. It's funny we you know, we talk about timeless themes and like they're timeless for a reason, right? And then like you don't really see that now, but just wait till the future when we're on the metaverse. Like there'll be no heartbreak because you can just reset your avatar to the day before. You know, and just like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that poor avatar. Like these kids are just going to be living in happiness forever. Yeah, it's, it'll be, you know, it's much it's funny you mentioned that because it's, it, it reminds me a lot of, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you know, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, you know, that, that aspect of, and anybody can go on the weekend and look at this anyway. So, <laughs> but that aspect of this didn't work out. I am going to reset myself up to the point before that. And either rework it or just forget it, you know, and that as cool of a movie as it is, just the whole premise of it is pretty spooky because we get to see in that world, the repercussions of that and not just for the main characters, but even other characters around you that are involved with that. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's spooky because it's, it's literally like you treating your life like a video game, not but like it, that's, oops, it's a restart. But the problem is that by not having a restart, we are forced to kind of deal with with our, our issues and problems and in order to move forward and not that everybody can do it you know and, but it it does give you an opportunity to grow and you have to see it that way and i know that for some people it's kind of like i'm going through a really hard situation or i don't want to deal with this situation but you have to that's how that's how you grow you know as a, as an artist the only way that i could get to a point where i felt confident in wanting to do this project was because i had to face you know the struggles of uh, drawing this and drawing that and how to get how does it how to make it look real enough but not being so detailed that that it takes me a week to do a page 
It's more of just just enough where I, I can work it and, and be confident in, in what I'm doing, and then constantly studying and, and kind of pushing myself. You know, I have I have sketchbooks that are just full of hands, you know, of that I've drawn and then kind of like utilize and, and out of memory redraw them and just keep going, keep going, keep going. Which of course, now that this is a video, <laughs> now that this is documented, someone's probably going to call like a mental institution and like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the only way, you know, it, you have to keep doing it and doing, doing it, doing it until you, until you get to a point where you're right. Another really big inspiration was, I saw that movie Tick, Tick, Boom on, on Netflix, which was about Jonathan Larson who created Brent. And if you really listen to the songs, especially like I've seen like the, I think the, not the last one, but the one before it, where he's talking about where he was doing this song and he kept doing it over and over and over and over again until he felt it was right that that's very true for a lot for a lot of the arts and 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 for many things in life you have to you know if you really want it you have to keep going and going and going and going and very and being very critical with yourself on on what's that low that you want to achieve and if it's not where you're at then keep going keep going keep going until you get there and there is a price to pay for that but at the same time, that's part of the journey, you know, that's, that's why some things, you know, people will bow out out of certain things. It's not too easy. You know, that's a, that, that, that brings up another conversation also kind of like with the whole, um, you know, AI and art as, as well, but we have that, that, that could be another part. <laughs> AI and art is just crazy. Some of the stuff that's coming out and I saw Associated Press or somebody was trying to sue because they're like, well, this is like initially our image and, and, you know, you're, you're creating it, but I'm gonna go back real quick. So you're talking about like the, the madness and perfection so like anybody you know I, I encourage you if you have a favorite director or if you have a favorite band that has numerous albums out go through and try to look at their story of the breaking point the mental breaking point that they almost hit because this director is a complete you know asshole of like no 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 take 105 like you did not do it right to some a-list actor that you know a lot of new directors would never say boo to would be like oh no no your first take was great and just pushing them to the brink but then you see that beauty in the movie. You just don't appreciate that it was like the 105th take that they're soaking wet in freezing cold water. You know, sob story for these yeah. millionaires. But still, at the same time, it's it's the beauty in the art. Yeah, and it's it says a lot about about the person too. You know that they want to achieve that certain level. You know, a lot of people criticize James Cameron, but let's face it. You know, his his movies are are pretty flawless in terms of just kind of like the art the art of, of movie making. Not to say that it's better than someone like Scorsese, for example, but it's two different two different sides of the spectrum in terms of what they do. And, you know, and from a lot of people, you know, with Tobey Maguire on that whole, the whole tray, the tray scene, no, that was not CGI. He did that, but that took a long number of takes, but that's dedication. You know, you have to, you have to be confident and know that you can do it. It's just, you kind of have to work, work through it to get, to get to that point. But you also have to just, I think, keep an eye on the things that you know can be better. And then work work on those things, and uh, you know, like I think well, Klaus Jansen's you know inking comics book, um, the DC the DC guide to inking comics. You know, there's a phrase in there that he mentions that you know this type of career, this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. So you have to think a little bit more long term on, on, on in terms of what you're doing. You're not, you know, you're not going to be a Travis Harris or a Jim Lee in the next week or next month, next year. It takes time, and even then, you're going to de develop your own style. But you have to know that it's it's a long term thing. It's a not that's immediate. I think that's 
that's the struggles that I think that a lot of people are having in terms of, especially when it comes to content on being able to create something really awesome now, rather than kind of take the time to really do something that's more organic. And that becomes a conflict and that, that will bite a lot of people back in the ass um, in time. Cause I've, I've seen it happen already where people will post up straight imageries, but when they're there in person, they can't draw anything remotely close to that. And a lot of people are kind of like, huh, you know, it's, it, I think being at conventions and doing sketches or, or signings and doing sketches, that's it. But that's for us, that's the equivalent of doing a concert live. You know, that's when people get to see, you know, this, 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 that, that moment of, of creation. And when they see the similarities of that work with what they've seen published, it's like, ah, oh, you know, cool, you know, but, but when they don't see a connection and they're like, Hmm, something's off here, you know, you, you end up at a whole like Millie Vanilli situation. <laughs> to blame it on the rain come on oh, yeah. <laughs> now they would be tiktok superstars they were before their time yeah that's that's another thing too like you know i post this stuff about road two here and there and it's always like i, I you know healthy numbers I, I would say but then you draw like a some winky wonky sketch you know here and there all of a sudden boom it goes through the roof and i'm like okay this is just weird like the final part is not interested, but like the, 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 the process itself is kind of, it's, it's interesting that there's curiosity about that. Yeah. I, I even get that, you know, I'm, I'm known to just be at a coffee shop or a restaurant and, and draw people and that sort of thing. You don't see, you don't see that anymore. You know, then people are just drawn to it. They're like, he's creating something out of air, <laughs> which in some places it, it, it's beneficial, <laughs> you know, free drinks are always nice, but it's it's that that whole thing of being able to create something that people can see that you know they're so used to just looking at the phone that to see somebody create something it's it's always like huh this is what 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 is this devilry but that's one of the things now with the book that I'd like to be able to bring in it's like you know a lot of people see me draw live and I see me some other stuff but now I actually have like this whole full world and it's other stuff that they can that they can view so hopefully some of that magic goes back into there and then creates even more magic which is what I'm really hoping that that I can end up doing with, with the road too. So I wrote a children's, uh, middle grade book series, three books, and that's probably 2017. I started, I thought about it for a few years and, and then I started on it. And it's funny. You're talking about like the characters take on their own life. Like as I was writing, like I had a beginning, middle and end, and then like, I knew it would be a series, but there was just times that I'm writing. I'm like, my character would never do that. Like, that's not him. That's not, that's not her. That this interaction would never, like, I can't force what I want in there as you're writing. Like they, they, they become real. It's, it's really, it's a crazy process. I, I, and not that I'm zero anybody at any of this, but it, like, I can't imagine the people who are amazing at this, like just the struggle that you have of like, no, I want it to go here and your character just will not let you. And like, all right, would I rip it up and start over? Cause I want to go here. And it's like, you know, it, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. You know, there was for the longest time, you know, I always read about, and obviously being like many people, you know, fascination with Hollywood and how that works. You know, I, I would always come across how the writers would, would lock themselves up in some chateau up in the Hollywood Hills for days. And I was always like, why don't they do that? And as I've gotten older, I, I get it now. You know, you have to, you have to some, be at a spot where you lock out the normal world so you can dive into that world completely to kind of start bringing the elements on paper, you know, with, that I did, I did that. I think, think after, I think right before New York Comic Con this year, I was in New York for about a, for about a week, 
just there. And actually, I didn't leave my hotel room um, for that time, working on some of some of the ideas here. And I I noticed how, sure, I was in New York and whatnot, but just having sort of that seclusion, but still having energy around you really helped to help flesh out little details that I was trying to work on. I just couldn't that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do it. And I, I get it. You have to have the space for those type of things to help build the world. And, and it will get to a point where then the world and the characters will write themselves and you're just going to be probably like on the toilet or something. <laughs> and I'll say, right, I gotta write this down. Cause it, it, it happens, you know, it, it's it just, it kind of rents a space in your head and it just keeps going and going and going. I, I kind of associate it with like how you're tapping into an alternate reality. And at first that connection is really hard to, to maintain and you're getting pieces of it. But once you kind of get a, like a real good, really good connection, then the ideas are just flowing back and forth because you're tapping into that world and you're, you're exploring it and, and bring it, bringing it over here as, as fiction. And even, even those that, you know, let's say like Hellboy, for example, with Mike, Mike Mignola, you know, he can tap into that world all the time now. And that's, that's, that's what happens when you're kind of diving into it. Of course, you also have to be considering of some people get tired of it. You know, they're like, man, I want to move on. I want to do something else. And then other people are just kind of like, no, this world is pretty big. There's still a lot to explore. And that, that that's personal, you know, kind of like discretion of how you want to do that. But the beauty, especially with the road to, once I kind of established that and respected the original material, it's been able to, it's really been easy for me to kind of keep going on to, on to the other. And I want to explore the other cities that are, that are in that world. I'm hinting at that with, with some of the, with some of the, actually, I think I have the, I have that two page spreader on my Kickstarter of, of Emerald City. And you'll see the characters that are traveled there walking towards the city. You know, there's, there's a specific design that I created for each one of them. And actually, that's one of the updates I had. I just, I just posted because I was thinking about, okay, people are going to come to, uh, to come to Emerald City because this is like the, the New York city of Oz, but they're going to, but everyone's going to come from different regions. So they're not going to be dressing the same. They're going to have certain things that are going to be a little bit different. And so I thought about that and I'm already kind of thinking about stuff that could happen in the other cities, especially for like volumes two and three, which I kind of already have a really super rough outline. But I do want to explore that because that's something we never really got, but we kind of got a hint of it in both the books and, and the, and the movie. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. I'm just hoping that everyone just is just excited to keep, to get this start the journey physically <laughs> i thought it sounds like you have a great world that you can explore and you can mine from so we we're talking earlier about the people locking themselves in the, the hollywood chateau because you have to ride the wave but first you have to also create the wave while you're there and it's really hard to do that if you're like oh i have a 10 o'clock meeting or i have to get my kids after school or oh i have dinner plans tonight and if you're taking yourself out of that without giving yourself that proper time it's really hard to sit down and create in a, in a finite period of time, hey, next 45 minutes, all mine, I'm going to bang this out. Sometimes it just takes that 45 minutes to get into that space as you're like, oh, let me reconnect with that world and see what's happening in there. You know, it's as, as one gets older and, you know, and, and the clarifying, like, I, I want to say once you're out of college, <laughs> it, it does get difficult trying to manage your time to do creative endeavors or, or any sort of endeavor. Let's, let's face it. And again, I'm going to refer it back to, back to Klaus Jansen because he was a great teacher and mentor. You know, I remember in one of the classes, people were talking about, I don't have time to draw all this and that. And he, uh, he came up and he said, take a shit, right? And then everyone's like, 
uh, yeah. And you probably go twice a day, right? And I was like, uh, yeah. And you probably do what? Maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most. Oh, sometimes I do 20. Put a sketchbook in the bathroom. You know, while your body's doing its thing, you can, you can do that. And, you know, 15 minutes here, twice a day, that's half an hour. Multiply that by, by a week. You got yourself at least a couple out, done a couple hours of sketching, you know, working that out. And yeah, and we all did, you know, quietly, you know, we all, we all, we all had our sketchbooks, which obviously never left the bathroom, but it taught us that these little moments to always have something nearby to, to keep practicing and whatnot. You know, I have, I have people come out to ask me like, you know, I want to do this, but I have this, this, and this, and I'll, I'll bring up that example. <laughs> and it, and it's always interesting when they're like, yeah, you're right. You know, but it's like, and, 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 you know, getting off the phone, I think just like making the, making the decision of either the phone or the sketchbook or writing and doing that, you know, and squeezing in the time, you know, I, I keep a sketchbook in my car. I have one usually that I have with me in, in a bag. So that way, if anything pops up and there's that moment then I whip it right out, do, do a fast little sketch. And I, I make it intentional to carve those little moments in time, because sometimes that those are the moments that give you the most bang for your buck. Rather than if you were like, oh, I want to do this drawing, I'm going to spend three hours on it. Sometimes, sometimes you get three hours and you're like, this doesn't look great. But then you did for like five minutes, actually kicked in better because you know that you have a time constraint. You know exactly what you need to do. And so you're working on, you filter out all the crap and you go straight, straight for that. Yeah, that's helped me college, you know, marriage, struggles and all that other stuff of always having something nearby at those little moments during that, you know, going to the airport, you got to wait, start drawing, start sketching, start writing, you know, on the plane, I do that a lot too. And regardless if it's a red eye or not, take some time and taking advantage of that. So there, there are moments you just have to be willing and aware of, of taking advantage, advantage of that. You know, we, we're on this earth for a limited amount of time. So let's you know make the most of it. I am a king at procrastinating. I can waste time like nobody. The phone is the worst invention and it's, it's great for pictures and Google maps and be able to like, you know, if you have to send a text or a phone, like great. I, I have shit to do, man. Like I have creative stuff that I think about. I have podcast stuff. I have guests I'm reaching out to. I've, I've, I've guests that I want to get all these things. Put me on Twitter, put me on Twitter. An hour and a half is gone. The most important stuff in the whole world I am reading. You cannot bother me. I need to tell you what is happening with Russia and Ukraine. I need to tell you about what's happening at the border. I need to tell you what's happening in politics, sports, and I, I know it all. 10 minutes later, none of that shit means anything. And I did nothing but waste time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the worst. But I need yeah. to know. I might miss it. I might miss it. <laughs> it. It does become an exercise in self-discipline. I, you know, I, I do the same thing, but I, I, I'm aware of it. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to allow myself... I don't know, 30 minutes to really go down that rabbit hole. But I know that in 30 minutes, you know, I got to get out and just do some other stuff. Or I will treat it as a reward. You know, I'll I'll go do and I'll write or I'll I'll do the plot or I'll do character designs or pages. And if I do two pages, then I'll allow myself an hour of of, of, of Twitter rabbit hole or, or video games or, or something to kind of break 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 that, that sort of flow and come back to it. And that has worked out pretty well so far because it's not that I am drawing really fast to then go, go over there, but I do know that there, I will have a break doing this. So that allows me to kind of really open myself out and do all the work I need to do and then take a breather and then, and then come back and not let that breather take out, take over a little bit more time. And then before you know it, you know, you'll, you'll get efficient on, on both things. <laughs> 
you know, a friend of mine got me onto Fortnite, and that's just kind of like I've been using that now, like my little kind of like de-stressor of just going out there doing that. And I only play like maybe two games at the most, and then I'm off back back again to do what I need to do. But I but I'm allowing myself to kind of enjoy it, but go back to the things that I need to do. So it's not a total distraction. And so you know, it it, it works out. It's a it's a once it, once you create that habit, then it's fine. You know. And, then people are going to ask you, how do you do it? You're doing this, this, and this, but you're kind of breaking it up into like this whole like work reward sort of, sort of relationship. It's all self-discipline. I mean, if you want to eat better, if you want to work out, if you want to reward yourself with work or with, yeah. with playtime, whatever it is, if you are just disciplined and you can do it. And then there's people like me who it's like, I, I have no time to work out today. Like, well, did you have to do like nonsense for five hours? It's just crazy. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the thing too, even, even for exercise, you, you know, if you want to go down the Twitter rabbit hole and walk around the house while you're doing it, and then you kind of do a little bit of both unknowingly, you know, I, I, I do that sometimes. So it's kind of like, I've been sitting down here, I've been sitting down there, I, I need to move around. And so intentionally it's like, I'm going to go to the other side of the house, <laughs> you know, the, and intentionally leave something over there and be like, I got to go back to the kitchen, you know, go back and forth. And while you're doing one thing, you're distracted and the other, you kind of get those, you, know, you get the steps and, you know, and the traditional, you know, park, park far away from the store or something like that and make force yourself to walk um, also helps you know take the long route to the art store or, or the books or the comic book store but you know and like i mentioned earlier like those little things add up in time and before you know it you, re- you go back and you're like wait oh what? i've done all this you know I'm, i can walk longer now you know i feel much better now you know for for those of us that are geeks you know that that comes in handy when you go to comic cons the bigger ones too so you know every little bit counts just for that for that one big event every year <laughs> so you want to park further away from the store you're in puerto rico though it's like your winter is 60 degrees in new jersey and then new york city and yeah and it's like it's 10 degrees out today man i'm gonna wait until that that spot next to handicap opens up i don't have to wait here for 30 minutes <laughs> that's where i'm pulling in right there no true 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 i i, I the, the benefit of, of there is that with the snow and whatnot you do have to work a little bit more to get to get to your destination you know when i studied when i was studying at eschatological arts in, in new york you know, we would go to the comic store in the middle of the middle of the snowstorm, which was great because there were no, there was no cars or anything out. And you know, God bless St. Mark's comments at the time that they were the only ones open. So we would make our trek over there, be there, stay warm, look at everything that they had, and then make it make our journey back. But you know, stuff like that, just just the little things, really, is just what adds up. You know, snow or snow or, or tropical weather. <laughs> Drop, uh, give me tropical weather every day of the week. I don't know why I picked this climate. It is it is tough. Uh, so we, we've done a lot of normal. I, I can only do normal so much. I have to get a little weird here. So you're creating this whole universe. You're tapping in. You're recreating. You're adding on. Everyone, but it's all great. Simulation theory. You know, are we living in a computer? Are we in a dream state? Is this like Inception? Is this? Are we in The Sims? Like whatever it might be. Do you think as you create your world, is there any like is that world existing? I feel like there's a movie about this. Like as you're creating the world, they're living their own life somewhere else do you see anywhere of being like are you creating life are you creating this alternate reality for these things to to live in and grow and you happen to just jump in and pick them up from where they go you know what? i'm i'm really intrigued about strength theory about how how all our different realities are strings and some of them kind of hit and they create another reality when it comes down to imagination there are many times i do think that really what we're doing is, is that that we're we're mentally attaching to that particular reality and then kind of bringing that stuff in and we call it imagination you know I, the whole thing about string theory and even alternate realities is that 
there's a reality for everything, you know, from the, from the ones that most people talk about, you know, there's one where, where the Nazis won the war. There's one where Taylor Swift is president. There's one where you married Taylor Swift, you know, there's one where Taylor Swift killed you, you know, there, all those different realities exist, you know, it's, but we call it imagination. And then some of them I think could be completely preposterous and then they kind of kill themselves, you know, like, I don't know, dinosaurs surfing. <laughs> that probably probably existed for a little bit, you know, and goes off. I mean, if you really think about some a lot of the stuff that that's in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's re- if you go in that with that mindset, a lot of it makes a lot of sense, you know, in terms of how this pops up and that pops up and this whole randomness and craziness of the universe. But I think that's what that's what it really is at the end of the day. Do we kind of create these worlds? Yeah, for sure. But I think some of it could possibly be from some other some other reality that either exists and we're able to tap into it, or they existed for a brief moment of time and then we're just we're just capturing those those moments and then put it on the paper and continue it over here. But I don't I I you know I don't discard that entirely because to tell you that crazier things have happened. <laughs> I would just like to jump in and you're saying dinosaurs surfing. There was definitely a T-Rex about to attack a brontosaurus, the asteroid hits, and he ends up on top of a tree as the ocean is just taking him away. And there was a moment of bliss for him before he was incinerated. Like, this could have been my life. I could have just been a beach bum instead of attacking that poor brontosaurus. Yeah. Just yeah. loving catching that wave. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. You know, you start, and I think that's how, like with, cre- with creativity and you start jumping on these different ideas back and forth. Like, I, I, yeah, I can imagine that a writer's room for most, for most TV shows and or, and or movies are are just kind of like string theory at work of these different ideas and clashing with one another and some some form something else which works and then some just just implode i don't i wouldn't put that i definitely think that there's a possibility that it did happen in some reality you know <laughs> frustrated t-rex like damn i could have been surfing this entire time whole um, time could instead of being mean me and my short arms yeah they need a reality show of the like the writer's room. All the stuff ends up on the floor, like just their crazy ideas, like some Cheers episode where Sam goes and murders everybody, and he's just he's just tired. The Norm comes in, and like Norm, he's like, nobody says Sam when I walk in, and just goes ballistic. And you know, somebody wrote that at some point, and they were just trying to make each other laugh, and threw it off to the side, and be like, I need to see that. I I need this for uh, there's not good TV out now, so I don't, I don't know who's making weekly shows that I'd be interested in, but I so we need a deep dive on somebody who, who's retired. When it comes to creativity like that, there's so out there. And yeah, some of the stuff that ends up on the editing floor are is much more interesting than what than the final product. And in and even in some cases, some of the fan theories are even better than what the final product is is or was. You know, I think the Matrix comes to mind a lot, especially with the sequels, that a lot of the ideas that the fans had was way better than what the movie ever, ever the sequels became. And that's a shame. But you know, it's also hit and miss, like we like we discussed earlier. Like you got you go with your gut and you try and go for something that works and kind of and you believe in it and you're really just hoping that that, that it sticks and that people will, will enjoy it and you can continue doing it. There was somewhere I read for Star Wars Rogue One, where they steal the plans for the Death Star and it leads up to a new hope, that they made Star Wars and Saving Saving Private Ryan together. That Rogue One, they screened it and it was not what people wanted from Star Wars. You know, it has to be like a little less of people blowing up, I guess. I I want that. Where is that cut? Where is that copy? That is what I need to see. 
No, that's true. That, that's even, um, I think a couple years after The Phantom Menace hit DVD, someone actually made an edit of The Phantom Menace where Anakin is evil from the, from the get-go. I, I, I've been one where that, that, that for me is the equivalent of you know, back in the day of looking for that, for that Dune four-hour cut. <laughs> you know, like, I want to see this version of The Phantom Menace because, like, you know, what I, what I saw online was some people that had gotten copies of it and they're like, oh, it's really good. Like, they don't, they don't do this whole innocent thing. Like, he was, you know, he was a he, he was he was a mofo from from the beginning. I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. I want to see that. He didn't turn bad. He just grew up. That was it. And yeah, like, oh, he that's who it was. Yeah. And it, and it's funny because I think someone had mentioned that the the guy who did it he went off that original that one poster that had Anakin in his shadow was Darth Vader, and he's kind of like that's right there. And and I was like, that's that's really cool. Like, I'm dying to see if I can find a copy of it. I'll I'll have to dig one of these smaller cons. Up, up in the Midwest or something like that. I'm sure some guy in a corner has it on DVD or something like that. <laughs> I've got faith. You'll find it. I've got faith. So it's funny. I was talking to this guy for another interview that's coming out and he doesn't believe in, I mean, you don't believe in conspiracies or not, but he, he like poo-poos all of them. Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone shooter, all these things that, I mean, as you get further, it's kind of looking back like, that's a little hard, whatever, that's fine. So he believes in nothing. So I was just talking uh, about uh, Buddha. So they they have the, the new uh, Dalai Lama and Whenever he dies, they go and they find a child and they ask him these questions and then he's supposed to answer them because he has eternal knowledge or whatever it is. So I assume they go for more than one child or another. And he's like, yeah, well, maybe, you know, like, I, I don't think there's like this, oh, when we die, we die, there, you know, there's no reincarnation, there's none of this. I was like, but at some point they would have messed up and just got a Dalai Lama that was just like a dick. Like some little kid would just been like, uh, no, you're all going to die and give me all your money. And like, I'm not going to live in, in, in you know, poorness and helping other people out. I'm going to live in a palace and screw all you people. Uh, so I, you know, that was kind of funny in that aspect, but you know, just that twist of where's the bad Dalai Lama, give, give him to me. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that, that's the thing about, about storytelling too. Like we like to see, there's a, so that we're familiar with, but then we kind of, everybody would like to see the opposite side of the, of the spectrum. You know, we all. You know, we'll use Star Wars as, as, as an example. You know, when when we saw Empire, for example, we really wanted to see Luke go to the dark side and kind of really go just all, you know, he really is his father's son. You know, because it's, when you're used to seeing something, you want to see the opposite of it. Just out of curiosity, you know, for the most part. And sometimes it works out, you know, fine. You know, that's where the whole thing of the anti-hero came for a lot of us growing up watching wrestling, you know, how many times did we not see like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan switch sides? Because that was that was part of the appeal. Like he's, he's a really good good guy, but man, he would really be like the ultimate bad guy. And then they kind of and I think that they knew that. And you're like, no, you're this month you're gonna be good, and next month something's gonna happen and you're gonna go totally, totally bad. And I think that for storytelling, that works out fine as long as you kind of set up the struggle and the reasons for it rather than just being being random about it. You know, that's something I've been thinking of. I thought about a lot with this book, especially with the winged monkeys, which even just from the imagery that I've shared, there's something different about them. Thinking about that particular aspect of why they're doing what they're doing and their reasoning, their reasoning behind it, you know, as well as as well as the scarecrow's reasons for what he's doing. And other characters who I don't want to spoil, who have their reasons too on, on what they're doing. So it's a, it's a fun in that sort of you want to call it a source of truth for each character is what's helping them to 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 develop as the story goes on on of course i know that some characters will never fulfill their sort of story arc because that's that's life but 
at least the ones that I do want to continue to have for their story arc to go back and forth and kind of show both sides of the spectrum is that that's that's also light. And that also gives us a lot of insight into these characters in this world. And that what helps make it much more believable. Let's go over the Kickstarter a little bit. What uh, where are you? What are your goals? What are the tiers? What can people get out of this? Yes. How, how can we support you? Let's go through all that good stuff. Cool. So as as of this recording, you know, the funding's at 21%. So I'm looking I'm looking to do a funding of 15,000, which is to cover colorist, lettering, printing costs, and of course shipping costs because I, I am more than okay with doing worldwide shipping. And then of course, that also cover well the shipping is also including the fact that, you know, there's I have obviously the digital print as a tier. I have the books, you know, the copy of the graphic novel as a tier, but I also have, you know, a tier of that you can get sketches as part of your tier, you know, not just redone like the stuff I'm going to do at the moment. So if we're two sketches, there's one, there's a tier where there's an original page that I will throw in. There's another one that's an unused page, which is, I have plenty of those of pages where I did, didn't like it. They're not going to be in the book. I replace them with another one. And those pages are as, as a tier. I have another tier where you can be a background character because I do have an opportunity for that and I have plenty of space for for that. And who knows, some of those might go on to be characters for the other arcs. And then I have the ultimate bundle. So the ultimate bundle, that's a $1,200 bundle. What does it include? It includes copies, copies of the book, signed prints, sketches, pages, both published and unused. And then on top of that, you are getting all the production sketches in terms of me building this world. So if you've seen the last the last updates that I've done on my Kickstarter, those sketches that you see there, that will be part of the bundle. The real thing, no, not photocopies or anything. The real thing. You'll see all this, all the original sketches for the I did for the character designs, for the what I call the transports. That'll be in there. Um, other sketches that I have in in a pile <laughs> at this point. So you're going to get the whole kit and caboodle. This is like the ultimate director's cut of of this project and yeah I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping that people will really entice and go i know that the sketches have been really popular um right now and um yeah i'm looking to get a full funding so i can get this started you know i do have the entire arc penciled you know granted i can add in the back and characters that's not that's not going to adjust my schedule much and to get it printed colored whatnot and have it out out in people's hair by hopefully like late, i would say late fall of 2024 and then take it take it from there we'll see but if it doesn't fund you know then i'll i'll probably redo the kickstarter but instead of the graphic novel just break break the chapters down into individual book which i had done originally and we'll we'll that way so that way at least i guess that so that way the the kickstarter i guess funding will be much lower and be and be easier to kind of go through but i'm hoping that people will want to go with let's let's, let's do the whole thing at once because that's that's a thing too and when I was showing a few people the finished pencils in one go, there's a thing of you really get yourself immersed in it and there's no breaks in it and whatnot, and you kind of really get in there. Rather than if I break it down into individual issues, you kind of have to wait for the next one to come out. So that kind of creates that pause. It's the same thing as watching a show once a week. You, you, can, you need that recap in order to remember what happened last last time. But So I'm hoping that things work out well. We can do the 15,000, get that set up, work on it get it out there and then of course you know i'm i'm really generous so if, if everything works out you know people are going to get a little bit more than what they got in the rewards that's the, that's 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 part of the magic that's part of the fun yeah so we'll see i think we have like 20 
24 days left as of this recording. It's getting a lot of people are really interested, and I've got some other a lot of emails and whatnot. It's just, just yeah, not knocking on, on Kickstarter would that that the funding comes in, um, but we'll see. You know, it's a moment to surprises. <laughs> That sounds awesome. I like the tiers that you're doing, uh, very personalized. There's, you know, I, I wish more artists did that for people that, you know, I follow, I, I go through. It's really hard sometimes to get, you know, personalized things or things that they, they truly worked on. I like on the concerts. And if I get a set list, I think like, that's like the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. Like the, the lead singer hand wrote it, put out what they want, specialized to your show that you were at. I think like getting something like that is, is so cool. So, you know, in the graphic novel world, getting, you know, unpublished copies, getting signed copies, getting all this different stuff, like that is so awesome. That's so cool. Thanks. You know, on top of that, also like if, and I mentioned this in another in another interview, you know, if the if the funding goes beyond the fifteen thousand, you know, I already have set where I will have variant cover versions of the graphic novel, in, automatically included for all backers that are at, that already have a graphic novel as part of the reward. So that'll be another thank you. Like, not only are you going to get this, you're going to get this. If if the funding goes, let's say. You know, again, knocking on virtual wood that we can do, let's say twenty five thousand. Then at that point, I'm going to set up and do an artist edition version of the graphic novel, which is going to be the copies of the pencil work that I have with all my notes on them. So you you'll get like, I guess like the 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 lowbrow IDW artist version <laughs> of of it. But it, it, but I'll make other additional notes on on each of them as well. To kind of make it even more personalized and whatnot is that something i something i enjoy and so I, I'm, I'm sure that other people really like to see the, the behind the process and seeing what was versus what what end up becoming kind of get them part of that process but it's it's, but it's something unique too to have as well you know so yeah if, if it funds the, the more it funds the more stuff that all the backers are going to get automatically so at least that those are the, at least the two primary stretch goals i have right now i think there's one i announced the other day that i haven't just decided at what what percentage or 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 amount of funding it'll come in but there's a there's a special print that i'm making specifically for backers of this campaign that will be included automatically as well so they'll you know a lot of the backers the things go well they're you're going to have quite a bundle of stuff <laughs> you know it's it's an I'm, I'm taking that in consideration you're going to get a book you're going to get a bunch of stuff so you're going to want to take some time to kind of really kind of digest everything it's it's, it's a it's always saying thank you and I want you to really get immersed in these worlds. So, um, yeah, it's you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. Fingers crossed. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so all the listeners can get there and they can go in there and contribute if they'd like. And I had an awesome time with you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. If you want to come back in the fall, let me know. The book's going to come out. We'll sit here and we'll recap this and we'll see how the whole experience <laughs> sure. went and all of that. I think it's so awesome. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You doing? Take care. All right. Take care. All right, everyone. That was our show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date in all things wild and weird. Check out the links in the show notes for more information on our guests. The biggest support you can offer is to tell everyone about the podcast. Until next time.